it's not really about their body. It's about feeling worthy, feeling like I'm good enough. And a lot of times we tell ourselves, well, I'll be good enough when I do this. I'll be good enough when I can weigh this much or bench this much or whatever it is. Then we get to that arbitrary point in the future. And then we realize, wait, I'm not as happy as I thought I was going to be when I got here. And then we end up setting some new goal. And then we're constantly chasing something. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey guys, it's Ella. I hope you are doing well today. Thank you so much for giving me your ears and letting me share in part of your day with you. Before we jump in with Sheila Veers today, I want to share a couple of things that are going on. Some upcoming episodes that I want you to know about are a Q&A episode I'm going to be doing very soon because I'm getting just a ton of email and I just want you to know I'm getting your emails and I'm putting an episode together. So if you sent me a question over social media or over email, that Q&A episode will be coming up soon. I'm going to do that a little earlier than planned just so I can answer your questions and so that you know that you are being heard. Additionally, you guys, I am putting together a series of episodes on habits. If you haven't listened to the episode with Gretchen Rubin yet, I want you to do that so that you're ready for our show on habits and the series that I am developing, which is just going to be walking through habits that you're telling me you're trying to change, habits in my own life that I'm trying to form or trying to change, and really get into brass tacks on how to actually implement change in our lives. One of the things that I'm finding is a lot of information is really good and it's really powerful, but until we apply it and until we do something with it, then they're just ideas. So my goal is to help you start converting some of these great things that we're all learning together and start converting it into action. So if you have a specific habit you are trying to form or a specific habit that you are trying to ditch, let me know. You know how to find me. Reach out to me anywhere, online at onairwithella.com or over social media. Any way you can find me, I gotcha. Okay, I also want to share with you the most recent voicemail that I've gotten at onairwithella.com. So Gigi left a voicemail over the speak pipe there. Again, if you do that on the computer, you've heard me mention this before, if you do it on your computer and go to onairwithella.com, you just click on record a message and it could not be easier. But if you're on your phone, they make you download the speak pipe app, which of course takes another few seconds, which is a little bit more annoying. When you leave a message, then it sounds something like this. Here's Gigi. Hi, Ella. This is Gigi. I just wanted to thank you for your incredible work and give you a thumbs up. I'm really happy to be a part of your podcast journey. It has been life-changing in many ways and a wonderful learning experience. And the best part is that you have me laughing and it just lightens up my day. I wanted to let you know that I really enjoyed the Micronutrient Miracle podcast episode. It really spoke to me as a naturopathic student and it was aligned with my philosophies of micronutrients being the utmost importance over calorie counting and macro counting. I'm really happy to hear this message being delivered. So thank you for that. I also wanted to ask you if you could share some of your quick hacks for best practices. For example, if you make your own almond milk or if you have anything that works particularly well for you that isn't super time consuming and better than buying the health foods version 
I'm really appreciative of all the tips you share. Your detox tricks were great. So please keep them coming because we're listening and we're learning. Okay, Gigi, yes, thank you for the message, first of all, and thank you for so much interaction online. You know I love you, I love hearing from you, and I love watching your journey too, so that's really, really cool for me. But one of the things I am working on right now that I want you to know about that ties a little bit to Gigi's comment and something that other people are asking for is I'm actually developing my shopping list, which is literally what I buy to keep in my pantry and what I buy to keep in my refrigerator on a weekly basis or the things that I always have and can always count on. One of the reasons I'm doing this is because a bunch of you have asked me for things like menu planning tips or meal ideas. Um, I started to do that and I was struggling with it and I figured out why. Until you've done a kitchen makeover and you've overhauled what's in your pantry and in your cabinets and in your refrigerator, until you've taken that step, then talking about what foods to have and what meals to prep and that sort of thing is a little bit more complicated and maybe not in the right order. So the first thing I'm going to do, and I'll let you know as soon as it's done, but I'm creating a list, a shopping list, as I said, and then links to where I actually get all of this stuff because I know the cheapest place to get everything. Sometimes it's at Costco, sometimes it's at Amazon or Vitacost, and sometimes the cheapest option, believe it or not, is at Whole Foods. So I'm putting that together. It's taking a little bit of time because we wanna do it right and get that out to you. But if you're not on my mailing list, you will want to get on my mailing list so that I can send that to you. And I'm not big into like the regular weekly emails. I mean, not by a long shot. I'm thinking one email every three months is a good idea. (laughs) But uh, if you wanna jump on the mailing list, you can do that at onairwithella.com. So yes, Gigi, there's that and then a lot more coming your way. Okay, I want to say hello to Natasha Hensley, to Adita HZ, to Be Healthy with Mel, and to all of you who have taken the time to leave a tip in my tip jar, which is to say, I don't want your money, but I do appreciate your review in iTunes. So shout out to all of you guys who took the time and left me a positive review. Every time you do that, iTunes shares the show. They're like, oh, people are listening to the show. And then they share the show with more people. So literally you are creating other listeners when you leave a review in iTunes. So thanks guys. I think that's so cool. And I know it took you a moment to do it and I just can't thank you enough. So thanks for that. Okay. Sheila's coming up and we had such a rich discussion, mostly about binge eating and honestly just overthinking it all. This was inspired by you. I'm getting emails from you and communications from you that are saying things like, you know, where do I draw the line? Or this stuff can actually make me crazy after a while, learning what's good for me or bad for me. And the discrepancies between what people say is good or bad for you, they could drive you mad. And how do you know who's right and who's wrong? And so Sheila and I talk about that a little bit. We actually talk about how that relates to binge eating because that would be how that overthinking it all syndrome actually back fires for a great many people. So stick around if that sounds like something that you're interested in. And then if you want to learn more about Sheila, you need to go check her out at SheilaVeers.com and that all of the links to the things she mentions and to her program, all of that information is on the website at OnAirWithEla.com. Just look for episode 42. All right, guys, enjoy your time with Sheila. Have a great day and I'll catch you later. Here we go. 
Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella, and today I'm joined by Sheila Beers. Sheila is passionate about helping people like you live a quality life, and she's created a series of programs titled Rock Your Dream Body, and she helps people build confidence and feel amazing in their own skin. Hey Sheila, welcome to Ella. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. I am thrilled to have you. Tell me where you are today. Where are we talking to you? I'm in Santa Monica. And I am in Jealousville. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I love Santa Monica. I love California, actually, period. Me too, which is what brought me out here. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, we're going to talk about a myriad of topics today, Sheila. But the first thing I want to do is just if you could share a little bit more. I, I hinted at your bio. Could you share a little bit more? Yeah, so a lot of what has gotten me so excited about health and fitness and really being at this place where you like genuinely feel amazing in your skin is, you know, comes from my own journey. My career actually started out in the corporate world and I worked, I went to college, I studied, I actually, my background degree is in interior design and I worked for a fortune five com 500 company for about five years until I realized that my ladder was leaning up against the wrong building, as I like to say. And, you know, it's like I got to the top of it and I'm like, what the heck? Is this really what it's all about? Like, I just felt so unfulfilled. And so at that time, I was really learning how to take better care of myself and really make health and fitness a lifestyle. And so I ended up leaving that company and kind of taking a leap of faith and at the same time moving across the country from Michigan to California. Back in 2011, I was doing some coaching on the side and really helping a lot of people that were struggling in the same sort of way. And I decided to publicly launch my co coaching company. And that was when I when I really started working with people on breaking free from emotional eating and yo-yo dieting and really feeling good in their skin. It's almost like going back to the basics, like stripping away all of this stuff that we learn from everybody else and really tuning into our own body, getting clear on what feels best for us and what we want to create in our lives, and then creating the lifestyle that lines up with that. You know, versus trying to stick ourselves into somebody else's plan or very strict, rigid, you know, schedule that ultimately doesn't feel very fulfilling or satisfying to us anyways. Yeah, we've talked a lot about that on the show, about how we can just get stuck in somebody else's dogma. And mm -hmm. so many of the guests that it makes me so happy to be able to share them with the world who are just like, look, you've got to be your own detective and it's okay to learn from other people. But at the end of the day, you need to figure out what works for you. And I have to be honest with you, Sheila, and we talked about this a little bit because we've spoken before. And this is what was really really interested me in speaking with you is I'm sort of tired of even continuing to share like wellness tips with people because I'm worried that it's almost like too much information and all we're doing is creating still a focus on what we should eat and what we shouldn't eat. And so I personally am walking this fine line between trying to get some useful information out there that is helpful for people. Like some things are better for you than others and you you may not be aware of that and therefore you may be trying to sail a boat that you're also poking holes in at the same time. You know, I actually believe there are some things in the world of nutrition and wellness that are really useful to know and people don't know them. And at the same time, 
I don't want people to be thinking about their food all the time. Does that make any sense, Sheila? It makes a ton of sense. And I think that that's what happens is that a lot of people get very caught up in trying to do it right or perfectly. And, you know, then they get caught up in researching and Googling and going online and trying to, like, you know, get all of this information and then apply it to their own lives. And a lot of the information that that's out there is very contradictory, which then makes you very confused because you don't know who to believe or what to believe. And what ends up happening is that you become so disconnected from yourself and so confused because nobody else seems to be agreeing on what the answer is anyways, that you just get to this point where you're like, I have no freaking clue what to do. And, you know, it's just so disheartening. And and that's what I think leads to a lot of the self-sabotage and the, the unhealthy behaviors because people have just become so disconnected from their own body and the wisdom that it can provide and ultimately what is the best fit for them and their own preferences and their own life. And I know that's happening to the person listening right now because it's happening to me. And I and I know a lot. I've been doing, you know, I've been studying this world now in the, at the University of Google for years now. <laughs> you know, I have my doctorate in self-taught internet wisdom. <laughs> right. And, and it can make you crazy. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk with you about today is what you just said. So in an attempt to improve ourselves, all of the information can sort of collapse in on you create overwhelm and then drive you back to like that binge and emotional eating almost like what the hell eating Mm -hmm. what are your insights after years of working with people what are your big insights with regard to binge eating or emotional eating like can we talk about that just for a minute to put this conversation in context like what's driving us there Sure. So, you know, a lot of times when it comes to food, people, and, you know, we get this from the media, we get this from all that research that we just talked about, and also from a lot of other very well-meaning people that try to tell us, like, you know, this very long list of these things, like, these foods are good, these foods are bad, you should do this, you should do that, and it leads to a lot of confusion, like we talked about, and then also it can lead to a lot of shame and guilt if we're not able to, like, stick to those very, you know, black and white rules. But what I teach and what I think is the most helpful for people is understanding that like food is not the issue. You know, emotional eating is actually not a serious problem because ultimately everybody does it here and there. Like emotional eating on its own is not the issue. What is the issue is when you turn to emotional eating or, you know, if we're not even talking about food, we're talking about shopping or we're talking about, you know, doing drugs or alcohol or even sex or any of these other things that we can use as this crutch that we turn to for comfort in order to fill a void inside that ultimately we don't want to fill with that thing anyways. It's just an easy thing for us to turn to. But when we work on our emotions and we really get to the root of like what's causing me, we ask ourselves like, What's causing me to to resort to this self-sabotaging behavior? What's causing me to feel this way where I feel empty? You know, and we start to prioritize like, you know, what we need to do to start filling ourselves up with the joy, the self-love, you know, the excitement for life that we ultimately crave. Then a lot of these other um, self-sabotaging behaviors can kind of start to clean themselves up on their own. So how did that manifest itself in your life, Sheila? Well, for me, I mean, like, so my story goes way back to like when I was 15, you know, I, I was really trying to measure up by trying to be really skinny. You know, I thought that in order to be beautiful, you had to be skinny. And so, 
you know, I turned to food and I tried to like control my body. Um, there was a lot of things going on in my life at that time that I didn't have control over. And I think that for me having control, like the one thing I did have control over was my body. And so I felt like if I could, if I could perfect that, then, then I was winning, you know, like I just put my attention on the one thing that I felt like I could control. And so that took me all through high school. I I was on every single diet I could find. I did all these different things like uh, to try to um, force my body into getting it to do what I wanted it to do. And ultimately that led to a lot of binge behaviors. It led to a lot of guilt and shame. I just really struggled with that. And what was really the deeper thing was that I just didn't feel good enough. Like I think a lot of times for people, it's not really about their body. It's not really about reaching a certain number on the scale or, you know, get fitting into a certain size clothing. It's about feeling worthy, like feeling like I'm good enough. And a lot of times we tell ourselves, well, I'll be good enough when I do this, you know, especially when our, with our body, I'll do, I'll be good enough when I can weigh this much or bench this much or whatever it is. And then we get to that arbitrary point in the future. And then we realize, wait, I'm not as happy as I thought I was going to be when I got here. And then we end up setting some new goal and then we're constantly chasing something. And so I think like for me, the turning point was understanding, like I said earlier, that like I can be happy with what is. I can learn to love my body and to nourish it right now while I'm on my way to whatever goals I set my set for myself from a place of inspiration versus a place of like lack or not not enoughness. And I think that's the big differentiator. When you understand, like, you don't want to restrict and deprive yourself to get to whatever goals you want to nourish yourself there. You want to be excited about getting there. But ultimately, you know that getting there is not going to be this like pinnacle moment because you're always going to be setting some new challenge for yourself because that's what life is all about. So what do you say to the person who hears you and and intellectually understands, okay, I accept that beating myself up, not working. I accept that being too fat, too thin, too whatever in my own head, or trying to make myself fit some definition of beauty or fitness or what is sexy, etc. I understand all of that is not working, but they're, they're saying, that's great. How do you take the leap into deciding? I mean, self-love doesn't mean anything to the person who doesn't love themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a teachable concept. Or do you just have to be open to the concept and then life will happen? Because I do believe that when you're open to learnings and when you're open to ideas and when you're open to, like the universe will meet you there. I do believe in that. I live that. Is that what it is? You just open yourself up to that belief or how does it really work? I think that that is how it works, but here's the thing. So for most people, they're not going to be willing to just do that. Just, you know, wake up tomorrow and be like, all right, I'm ready for more self-love. I I love me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's just not like how, that's not how we're programmed. Meaning like, that's not what we're taught. Like everybody's taught, like you have to work hard, push hard, force things, trick your body, all of this stuff. And that ultimately, like once you get to that certain weight, then, you know, you'll suddenly be healthy or or have these different things that you want to have. But what I think needs to happen is you kind of have to hit your breaking point or your tipping point or your rock bottom or whatever that thing is for you that will make you stop doing that thing that doesn't work and hasn't worked, you know, isn't sustainable. Like maybe it works in the short term. Maybe when you go on that crash diet or maybe when you start to restrict, you see the results in the first place. And also like as a side note, 
some, you know, diets are not all bad. Like sometimes that, that is a starting point for people, but ultimately you want to get to this place where you understand that you're not doing it to get to this arbitrary number or whatever that goal is. You're doing it because you want to feel really good every single day. And you want to be able to use this like container. Your body is essentially this thing that allows you to experience life. You want to be able to use your body to its fullest potential so you can get out there and enjoy life. And so I think like for me, what happened, like my story, I, you know, went through all of that dieting. I really struggled with my body image and all of that. And then I ended up having a whole bunch of hormonal issues. So then I went through all kinds of um, testing and then I eventually got to like alternative doctors and I was going to all these alternative doctors, which then, you know, each of them started contradicting each other and I just started spending more and more money. And I realized I'm like, this is, this is not working. And ultimately, you know, like it's, I don't feel healthy. Like my body's not working like it's supposed to. And so for me, it was this moment of realizing like, I I just had this like gut reaction that I, I felt like I just need to stop trying to listen to what everybody else is telling me to do. And I just need to like quit trying to fix my body because it's not broken because I know and I trust that my body is an amazing miracle machine and it really can heal itself if I just give it a little bit of space here and give it some love and switch my attention away from like, I'm not good enough, I'm broken, something's wrong with me over to this mindset of every single day I want to make the best choices that I can today to take really good care of my body, to nourish it, to give it the rest that it needs, to stretch it, to breathe, to do all of these things that I know are going to really help me to feel my best so that I can create this environment for my body to be able to work optimally. Because there's so much connection between our emotions and our physical body that we don't even realize. And once we start to get our emotions in check, then that sets our body up to be able to do what it's really made to do, like to function as this well-oiled machine. And so when I started doing that, then I started to see positive results and that gave me the Mm -hmm. trust and it gave me like the inspiration or the excitement to just keep going. And then I started to see more results and then that's where I think the the big shift for me over towards like more self-love and self-care really happened. How do you help people experience that as a coach? Because you had a lot of people have, like you said, the bottom falls out. So they have something wildly good or wildly bad happen. It doesn't always have to be bad. Of course, the bottom doesn't have to fall out. They could have some new blessing in their life that motivates them similarly, but there's like a third party force, right? Something happens to you or something changes in your life. But if you're coaching somebody, how do you encourage them to have that moment? How do you steer them in that, in that direction? What typically happens is, is people find their way to me when they get to this place where they're like, I know that what's what I've been doing up to this point is not working. I know that there's a better way, but I don't exactly trust. Like I trust that there's a better way and I trust that it works for other people, but I don't exactly trust that it works for me. And so I need that coach or that accountability, that person who's been there, done that to help show me the way. One of them in particular, when she first like made her way to me, she was taking like 12 Motrin, 12 ibuprofen a day just to like ward off daily headaches. And, and then she also on top of that, like just wasn't feeling healthy. She had extra weight that she wanted to get rid of. And, um, you know, she just wasn't feeling very fulfilled by her life. She had a lot of negative talk going on in her head. And that work that we did together and the work that I typically do with clients is this whole 
dynamic between our emotions and our physical body. And so we worked through like, where are these negative beliefs coming from? You know, what would be a more empowering belief? Things that show up as like resentment, guilt, shame, fear, worry about the future, or, you know, like ruminating in the past, all of this stuff that we carry around with us on a regular basis tends to show up as excess weight. Because we're just like shielding ourselves. Like a lot of times excess weight is like protection. It keeps us safe. It keeps us from being noticed. It keeps us from unwanted attention. All of these different things that like are emotional issues that are stuff that we're hanging on to. And so as we work through that stuff, it frees us up. It like it literally makes us feel lighter. And there is a connection between our emotions and our physical body. Like I was saying, the two branches, and I'll try to keep it really short, but there's two branches of the central nervous system, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. And so the more time we spend in the parasympathetic or the tender befriend, which is when our body is in a relaxed state, which allows us to digest and metabolize food properly. It just allows our systems to function like they're supposed to. The more time we spend in that state, the more our body is just really set up to be able to do what it's made to do. But what a lot of times happens is that we spend a lot of time in this sympathetic state or the stress state, which is the um, fight or flight state. And that's where like cortisol levels are high, you know, all of the activities in the body that are not really connected to survival are shut down. So that would be like digestion and metabolism are slowed and sluggish. Um, Because ultimately, you know, the body is really only set up to be in this state for short periods of time when we're trying to like, you know, run away from a tiger or something that's putting us in a state of danger. But what happens for people is that all of these negative emotions, you know, this stress, this daily stuff that might even just be what is like a a minimized program running in the background, you know, we don't even feel stressed, but yet we have these things on our mind that we're worried about. We have all of this stuff that we feel like we have to do and these never ending to do lists. It just keeps our body in this constant state of stress. So we're just not set up to be able to function well. And that's why people, you know, we feel fatigued, we feel like food sensitivities, we think we have food sensitivities, but really it's just our body not being able to digest properly. And so when people come to me and they have these physical ailments, you know, when their body is showing them like, hey, I'm not able to function properly, I have headaches, you know, it's like your body will try to continue to give you the signal that something's wrong and it'll get louder and louder and louder until you eventually hear it. And so it's like that's when, you know, you start to say, okay, like what do I need to do to take better care of my body. Then it's like this stuff just starts to fall away. Like she she just started to feel better on a daily basis. She started to notice that like she had more loving thoughts versus the negative thoughts. And that does take practice. It does take focus, um, especially in the beginning because it's kind of like you're paving a new path and you have to wear that path you know, just as deep as that old path that you're used to traveling on. So, and then over time, it's like her headaches just disappeared. They were minimal. She was not taking, you know, Motrin or ibuprofen anywhere near as often as she was when we first started. She felt like her relationship with her partner got better. She felt like they were more connected. Um, She felt happier at work and people were just saying to her like, what are you, you know, you're just so happy all the time. What's going on? You know, you're just glowing and and you start to notice like not just in your body and weight loss because she lost weight, but that wasn't really the biggest benefit to her. It was like how good she was feeling in her body on a regular basis was ultimately for her the greatest gift of our work together. Yep, when you work on wellness and balance, all of the things we've been fixated on, weight loss or fat loss, those ensue, don't they? When we pursue the wellness and the balance. 
Yeah, and it's almost it almost feels backwards because it feels like people are like, no, I need to lose the weight first and then I'll feel good. But it's like happiness breeds success, not the other way around. It's like the more you focus on really creating the lifestyle that you really want and you know, you start eating foods that taste good, but they're also nourishing too. And you're doing it because it just feels good to take care of yourself versus, you know, to restrict to get to a certain number. It's like the weight loss comes, but it's almost like a bonus side effect to all the other benefits that you receive from making these changes. Well, I am very honest with everyone that I am very much a work in progress. There is no mountaintop that I am sitting on top of, but I have to say that this definitely worked and manifests itself in my own life because people ask, you know, are you paleo? Are you this? Are you that? Are you a vegetarian? And the answer is I eat what I want <laughs> and I really want to fill my body with nourishing food. Like I, I really truly do. And does that mean that I never stuff a chocolate chip cookie in my face or I don't have dessert or any on the contrary, like mm -hmm. absolutely on the contrary. So when you start to look at yourself as a vehicle, like a, a body that needs to move and live and, and grow old with you. And it, when you start to change your mind, then it changes the way that you eat because you don't want to hurt this body. So I'm going to draw a really thick line in the sand here. You will hear me talk again and again about good and bad food in one sense. That is a big thick line between just complete junk, chemical laden, nasty manufactured stuff that we've been convinced is completely fine for us. Like that irritates me. And I'm actually going to draw a line between that and this whole world of real food that is whole food that came from somewhere that you can pronounce. And I'm never going to argue with somebody about what they should eat in that real food bucket. Does that make sense? Totally. I, yeah. I mean, if, if you want to eat fruit in the evening? Great. You want to eat fruit in the morning? Great. You don't want to eat fruit because you think it's going to make you fat? Great. It's not, it's not my issue. You eat meat, you don't eat meat. Fine. No problem. You count your macros, whatever makes you happy. But my goal is to help people by steering them toward wellness and getting back to feeling extraordinary and putting foods in their body that their body knows what to do with. And by the way, not all the time, maybe 80% of the time, maybe the 80-20 rule where 20% of the time you eat whatever you want because it's there, because it's delicious or because you're having an emotional crisis or because you're on vacation, whatever, that's your choice. And none of this is dogma and none of this should be your religion. But at the end of the day, if you start caring for yourself, you don't have to be obsessing about every single carbohydrate or morsel or fill in the blank that goes in your mouth. Yeah. And I'll even take that a step further and to say that like, ultimately, like what I teach is that food, meaning all food is your friend and that what's more important, and this is really hard for people to wrap their brains around, but what's more important than the food that you're eating is your relationship with that food and your level of awareness when you are consuming it. So that means like allowing yourself to like receive pleasure. Like if you're going to eat something, if you're going to eat the cookie, then be a hundred percent clear with yourself in that moment. And afterwards that you're going to allow yourself to receive pleasure from it. And afterwards you're just going to be done with it. It's not going to be something you're going to think about. It's just over and done with one cookie is not that big of a deal, you know, and just let it go because it was a very awesome experience. Like I just went out to dinner. I, I posted on Instagram about this. My sister and I split this, um, 
chocolate bread pudding dessert with like, I don't know, salted caramel ice cream on top. Oh my God, it was amazing. It was so good. (laughs) Every single bite I would take and I would just allow myself to like really tune into the flavors, to really just, you know, just experience it fully. But what tends to happen for people is that when we're eating foods, a lot of times we're either feeling guilt or shame about it while we're eating it or soon after, or we're doing it in a way where we're totally multitasking and we're not allowing ourselves to be present in the moment of eating. And when we do that, we don't allow our system to be set up and be ready for the incoming food. It's like our body doesn't know food's coming because we're not even paying attention to the fact that we're eating it. So then we don't receive pleasure. And when the body doesn't receive pleasure from food, then that's what ends up causing us to go back and reach for more and more and more because we never feel filled up because we never really realize we're eating. I mean, have you ever had an experience like that where you ate something so fast or you're doing something else like reading an email or watching TV and you look down and you realize you're done eating and and you feel like, oh my God, I didn't even, I don't even remember eating that. And now I want more. Yeah. I hate that feeling because it's like you didn't, you, you got nothing out of it. And in fact, as you said, it even makes you feel less full because it's like, it didn't even register that you ate it. Exactly. So the more we allow ourselves to tune into those moments and whether, you know, you're eating a cookie or a salad or, you know, maybe like for some people, if their thing is like, maybe you'll disagree, but like, they like Diet Coke. Like maybe Diet Coke is their thing. And they're like, gosh, I really like Diet Coke. Well, you know what? A Diet Coke once in a while is not going to kill you. I mean, over the long term, if you're mostly eating whole foods and you have these certain foods here and there that are like a very small portion of what you're eating, to me, in my perspective, it's not that big of a deal. So when you're drinking that Diet Coke, I want you to really tune into it because if you are really tuned into it and you're receiving the pleasure, or you might even realize like, oh, I don't even like Diet Coke. Like one of my favorite books um, is The Slow Down Diet. And in that book, the author Mark David talks about this, this client of his who loved McDonald's, I think it was Big Macs. And so he was like, okay, I'm not going to tell you not to eat the Big Mac, but if you're going to eat it, I want you to go to a place where you can stop everything that you're doing and you can fully focus on eating that Big Mac, every single bite that you're taking, you're allowing yourself to receive the pleasure from it, you're doing it slowly so you're very tuned in, you're thinking about like what makes this taste good and I think it was like a week later, the guy emailed him back and was like, okay, I did what you told me and you know what I realized? I don't even freaking like Big Macs. So that's the thing. It's like when you're tuned into your body, your body will tell you. Like your body gives you so much information and knowledge, so much more information than you could get from any expert outside of yourself. But a lot of times we ignore our body and we ignore these things that we're doing, like feeding it. So it's like we're just so disconnected. We don't even really know what feels good and what isn't, what tastes good, what doesn't taste good, how much food we need, how much, you know, that kind of stuff. Like when you start tuning in, then you start to just really recognize and become more aware of like what is, what feels really good for you and what maybe just a habit that you have that, you know, you just kind of been doing for a while that really isn't the best fit for you anyways. That was an outstanding example. And just for the curious, that happened to me in that when I went back after sort of cleaning up my diet and making an effort to concentrate on nourishing foods, it turns out I don't like soda anymore. Like I can't even stomach it, which is so weird because I used to have loads of it. 
but I still find that I have no problem whatsoever with the chocolate rum cake. So we're good. And see, and that's what works for you. And it may not be what's right for the next person, but you know that that's the best fit for you. And that's all that matters. And if I'm going to eat that chocolate cake, you can bet I'm going to savor every bite of it, which the flip side of that coin looks like is I feel guilt and shame. Therefore, I'm going to shove this in my face as quickly as possible. Yeah. Or I'm going to take a few bites of it and then spend the next week beating myself up over it. (laughs) So yeah, I prefer the latter. Eat it, enjoy it, savor it, and then listen, right? Is this, is what you just walked us through, is that really what intuitive eating is? It is. It's really like intuitive eating is like the no willpower plan, you know, and that's ultimately the plan that you want to be on anyways, because you're going to, that's the plan you're going to stick to for the long term. And so whatever that thing is that starts you out on this lifestyle of being more healthy and aware, cool. But ultimately you want to get to this place where you don't need somebody else to tell you what to do because you know you best. You know, like you, you know, you can research, you can learn all these things. But when you check in with yourself, ultimately, like as that final check in, and you say, like, does this work for me? And you ask yourself, like, you know, am I hungry? You know, what am I hungry for? And you and you give yourself the time and space and permission to kind of travel that road of like reconnecting with with your your own body. And like it's going to take some time of like, you know, acting, analyzing and adjusting. It's not going to be like an overnight process. But once you get to this place where you are very intuitive, like you're you're able to make these decisions from an inward place versus like some place based on other people's rules you have ultimate power, you have ultimate control in any environment. And it is, you know, a process that you continue to get better and better and better at at every stage of your life. So I wouldn't say like you ultimately get to this place where you're like, you know, I have no more goals related to my body, but you get to this place where you're okay, you feel like you're, you're like in this, this state of steady flow where you're like, you know what, I'm constantly getting better and better. I'm getting more in tune with myself and my body and eating and knowing like what to eat and what environments you know, you, you see it as like a, a constant state of evolution. Sheila, as we run closer to time here, can you share with us with this in mind, one habit you'd actually like us to try for a week? Yeah, I think that there's like two parts to it. So the first part is the more that we can start our day off from a place of intention, where we're very focused on like, this is what I want to create for this day. Ultimately, this is me prioritizing me and and putting my own self-care and my own needs and my own joy in life first. And a lot of times, you know, people think that that's a selfish thing to do. But ultimately, the more joy-filled and happy we are, the more that spills over into all other areas of our life. So our relationships, our family, our career, because we're more creative when we're in this state of connection, we're, we're more engaged and present with our family when we're in, there, we're in this place. And so in order to do that, I like to start the day off by taking five minutes And either journaling about like this is how, you know, these are the three things that I want to make sure that I do today that will help me to feel filled up from the inside out. Or taking five minutes and meditating and just really connecting with yourself and breathing because our breath is, you know, it's life. And so the more we can just take in a few deep breaths and start our day from that place, the more we set ourselves up and our body up for that place of like ultimate connection with really just being engaged in our life. And then the second part of that is that at night, if you can take five minutes and just make a list of the five things that you appreciated most about that day, because the more we can focus our attention on the things that we appreciate about our lives, 
the better things just feel, the more, you know, like opportunities just come. It's be, it's because we're in this state of appreciation and joy versus a place of lack. Whereas, you know, a lot of times we get into this place where we could have like nine things going really well and one not going so well. And we focus all our attention on that one thing that's not going well. And that gets us into this state of like sort of negativity and very closed off and constricted being constricted versus when we get into that state of appreciation, we're open, we're ready, we're engaged, we're happy, we're more joy-filled, you know, and, it, and that just radiates into every aspect of life. Stuff is so important. Sheila, thank you for that. And thank you for really making us think today. And apologies if I just sound a little out there today. I just really am at a juncture where all of this is running through my mind. I'm really thinking through this and trying to sort through this on my own. And so I know so many people, because I get your emails, are having the same battle. It's not even a battle. It's just a challenge, like sorting through the information, figuring out what works for you. And then at the end of the day, turning the volume down on the whole thing and just getting out there and living your life and finding your purpose. And the truth is, if we were all pursuing our purpose, we would by definition be thinking about calories and fat loss a hell of a lot less because we'd be so busy creating value in the world. And thanks for making me think about that today. And thanks for bringing that up for everybody to ponder. It's my pleasure. I love talking about this stuff. I could talk for another, you know, three hours just on these topics. So, you know, anytime. I I really enjoyed being on the show. Sheila, brilliant. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com, where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.